Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello Evertonians, thank you for tuning in to the Toffee Web Podcast and our second offering of the week. As the fixtures come thick and fast, even if Everton's shots on target are as scarce as hen's teeth as the old saying goes. The Blues attack seems to be in a manic foot race with a Tory party leadership in the ineptitude stakes and they've somehow gone two games now without registering a single shot on target. I'm joined by Paul, Adam and Andy. We'll get into that defeat at Newcastle look ahead to the home clash with Crystal Palace on Saturday and try again to decipher how Frank Lampard can change things so that this team can start scoring goals again in what has become an important stretch of fixtures leading up to the World Cup. Uh, fellas, I'll leave it up to you who wants to jump in first. And I'm probably going to let you guys do most of the talking because I'm dealing with flu and um, somewhat scratchy voice. But coming on the heels of that uh, second half against Spurs uh, last night was pretty pitiful, wasn't it? I very rarely come away from an Everton watching an Everton game in recent times being so frustrated as that. Um, I was angry. I was annoyed. Um, I shouted at the television several times, you're Premier League footballers. You are Premier League footballers and you've just done that. Um, <laughs> it, was so, it was sloppy, both in, well, in possession mostly, Again, I think defensively we did okay. But passing, general control of a ball, um, oh, just, it was, apart from a 15 minute period in the second half where it looked like we were on top and we possibly could score a goal or create something, um, yeah, I, I was just so annoyed by it. And that's not the same annoyance as when you come away from like Spurs last year or whatever, when we get battered. Because it, it wasn't that kind of game. We were in that match and just a little bit more care and just a little bit more quality. And I think we could have easily come away with a point. Um, 
And, and, and by the way, in that 15, 20 minute patch in the second half, we didn't have a shot. It was we didn't have a shot. Um, so it's amazing, isn't it? It's mm. just, it's just. I know we're in games now, and that's a massive step from where we were at certain points of last season. We're, we're in the match. It's one nil. We've got the ball. You know, it's not as if we're getting played off the park um, by supposedly a decent Newcastle team. Well, mm. but wow, um, we just, we just have. We don't have that ability going forward, do we? And and I don't know what that is. I don't know whether it's the shape. I don't know whether it's the personnel. Um, I'll come on to speak about Anthony Gordon as a separate separate agenda item in a moment because I've I've got to get it off my chest. But um, as a team, yeah, I, I don't I don't quite know what the plan A was, and we certainly didn't have a plan B. Yeah, I know. I know this is obviously an audio medium, but. Um... For those of us lucky to see Andy um, going through that, um, you can see the exasperation, um, and I think it's something we all felt. It was it it was a really frustrating game because, as you say, it was it was a game that not only we competed in, but we we really sh- not should have got something from, but should have tried to have gotten something from the game. Um, this this wasn't one of those games where. Um, we were light years away from Newcastle in terms of personnel, in terms of how we were set up. Um, I thought we kept them at arm's length fairly well. As you say, we defended okay, um, bar a few a few moments here and there, a few little loose moments from Gay again, deep in possession, which is something we spoke about over the last few weeks. Um, but the lack of cutting edge from uh, from our front players... And I think a lot of people have said this after the game, but having Calvert Lewin back, which was this this boon, this this thing we've been waiting for, but we've been crying out for to have a focal point, and we didn't use him at all. Uh, I counted two balls into the box. One was a corner in which he got on the end of it, uh, and the second was a, a sort of floated nothing ball from Mikalenko. Um and then he came off. We 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 didn't utilize having that front man at all because our our wingers didn't really create anything. Um, and as you as you say, Andy, there are also just so many sloppy moments um, in possession, um, little openings that we had where we kind of break the lines, and you think, oh, okay, something's going to happen there, and then that through ball be rushed. Um, yes, very very frustrating. Um. Yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't. I don't know if to say if it's our if our our worst performance of a season, but it's certainly the one that's highlighted um, that that glaring lack of um, of, of finishing that we've got at that end of a pitch from out wide. I know it's something we spoke about with having a winger who could score goals, a Richarlison or a someone, but um, but yesterday was. It, it certainly laid that all too clear because we we, we didn't look like we were going to create even even an opening, let alone score a goal. And that's in, in in a game like that against Newcastle, who yes have been in good form and yes have been really good at home and have certainly got some some good players. They've improved as a side since we faced them last year, um, but we 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 really could have got something from that game um, and. Yeah, to, to to have not even really laid a glove on them is yeah, 
very, very frustrating. Yeah, they they weren't that good. Newcastle were they? Mm. Really? They, yeah, they, were, they did enough to win, you'd say, but they um they they, they weren't that good. I noticed as well. You mentioned about like them floating two balls into the box for for Dominic Carvalho, and we did actually put a ball into the box after that once once he got substituted. Yeah. <laughs> I was like flummoxed by, by by that, but um, overall, I'm I'm maybe I'm just trying my best to look at it a bit more positively and a bit more pragmatically. I just think like this is going to take time, and we keep saying that I know, but I mean he hasn't had long to work with this squad. He certainly hasn't had long to sort of um, embed the way he wants to play. I think we've been through it before, and that he tried to last season and then had to abandon it because we just it, it just wasn't getting us anywhere. We needed results fast to stay up. And now I think it's the first chance he's had to sort of, he's got his squad complete and now he, he's, he's trying to play. His, and that that 15 minute or so spell in the second half, basically until Carvalho had to come off, really. I thought we um, I thought we were doing, I thought that looked like it was, okay, we, um, we didn't have a shot. And this um, three shots overall over the last two games all off target. I'm not. No one could defend that. It's 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 completely unacceptable. It's nowhere near good enough. It's no um, it's it, it's not right. And um, hopefully they fix that in the coming games. But the way he's trying to play, I really want him to. I could see something there, and I really want him to stick to his principles with that. Um, that midfield needs time together. You know, what I mean, and on needs time in the league. Gay needs time back in the league. The you know the, it just needs time. This you know, what I mean, and I think that. Let's not get carried away. Is what I'm saying. Let's not get too down, down beat. I mean, the we're doing well before the last three games. It's been, a, it, it, it's been, yeah, coming down to earth a bit losing the last three. But from the outside looking in, how many people would have thought, oh, Everton are going to go and get nine points from Man U, Spurs, and Newcastle away? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 probably what was expected. Quite quite frankly, from from everybody else was to you know not get many points if any from from them three games. It's how we do in these next four would be the biggest test for me. If we're if we're in this similar form of not you know barely barely having a shot and you know, things not being quite right against Palace home, Fulham away, Leicester home, Bournemouth away, then 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 you got to sort of questions need to be asked. But I think Frank should be judged a lot this season on how we do against a lot of the team them sort of teams we're going to be competing with. And let's face it, they're the sort of teams we're going to be competing with a lot of them. Um not so much how we could how we get on against the, the, the sort of teams at the top. And okay, it, it's you wouldn't say Newcastle are quite a team at the top, but no one else is getting is scoring goals past them. I didn't even know that they had the best defence of the country, the commentator was saying last night. <laughs> which I heard you found amazing um to, to hear and they're getting results. So you know it's, it probably shouldn't be that that unexpected. So I'm just trying to look a bit more pragmatically of I like bits of what I see and just given time, he needs time to do this. Yeah, you know I mean, so um that that, that I just don't want it to. My, my, my dread is it comes this big thing. We have a few more bad results. People start to tear. You always know, see people getting itchy on on um, on Twitter a little bit, getting frustrated now. Already again, the, the vultures are coming out for Frank Lampard again from the you know sections of the media, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I just it, it just gives me tremors. Think about this: the last thing we need is another manager will change, another having to start again, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know what I mean? So we just got to get behind it and. Uh, Keep the faith, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I agree. He definitely needs time. I, my concern is, and I think you just alluded to it, is that if we get into a, you, know, you get into a cycle of sort of battered confidence um, over these next few games, that um, I don't know whether we should be expected to win. I don't think we should be expected to beat 
Crystal Palace. I mean, they're a decent team, and they they just have one of those <clears throat> reputations as you know spoilers and going to places where they don't expect to win it and doing so, and they could do so again at the weekend. Um, so yeah, my concern is 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 it all becomes us you know, this kind of the psychological block. Um, I agree that we were doing pretty well in that second half until Carvet Lewin and Awobi went off. I thought the Awobi decision was a strange one. Um, mm. Obviously, Carvet Lewin. You know, he couldn't do the 90 minutes, so it was a bit of a shame. Um, you know, <laughs> I think we could have played another couple of days and not scored, but at least, you know, it, it was encouraging the way they came out for the second half um, and played the way that they did, because in the first half, they really weren't in it. Um, and I think you, you know, someone mentioned shape earlier. I think, Andy, you mentioned shape. I'm not sure what that midfield shape is. I'm, I find it very confusing looking at it. If, if anyone follows um, Mick Greenall on Twitter, he put a couple of pictures up earlier today. Um, it, it, it's a pretty ragged shape at times. And you've got, I think we, 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 said, it, we said it before that we need someone, and it should be just a game, not Anana, because Anana's better, better going forward. We just need someone to sit. Um, we've got Adrissa Gay coming out from midfield into the opposition half to join the press but it's not a coherent press and we're getting played through far too easily. So he gets sucked out and then you've got these big areas behind him. Um, and we just weren't in that game in the first half. Uh, and I think Newcastle will probably be, uh, could have counted themselves unfortunate or um, they were probably kicking themselves that they weren't further ahead by half time because they um, were unquestionably the better side, even though, and as you know, the point's been made here to, to, um, this evening. And I think I put it on Twitter as well that, I mean, without their couple of their really good forward players that were missing, they weren't that much better man for man than than we were. It's just there's a whole different approach, a whole different mindset that they have versus what we have. Um, and so yeah, it's going to take time. It's 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 going to um, it's going to require some some change from Lampard and whether that's personnel or whether it's system formation. Um, I think we're we're going to find out, or I hope we find out. See, I needed Paul. In my life last night, I needed to. I needed to get that he Always here, to. mate. Speed dial, all units, all units. Um, that sermon you gave has calmed me down slightly, and I think there is there is perspective here. Of course, there is. I know that, and I think against United and Spurs, you kind of just go, "Well, do you know what? That's fair enough. That those are teams and clubs that are in a different universe to what we are at the moment." And yes, Newcastle probably are further down the line in terms of having uh, time, I'll say time with the manager, not really, but they've been able to maybe pluck the players they wanted to fit the system a bit quicker than we have because of the finances. And he's um, had two windows as well, Eddie Howe. Yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, Lampard's had um, one. Yeah. yeah. So I suppose th- th- there is perspective, and I get that. It was just, you know, it puts, there's all that well us saying, Oh yeah, that's fine. You know, Spurs, United, Newcastle. Maybe we wouldn't expect to get much out of that, but we don't want to put too much pressure on the other games, like mm. because you know, if if we don't get a result Saturday, all of a sudden it put, puts more pressure on when we go to Fulham, more pressure on the Leicester game, and you end up with this kind of cauldron bubbling again, which we don't want to get into because we've been there and it's not nice. And even at this stage of the season, it might get a little bit tense. Um, that was my feeling of it. That that I. I I understand that we might not get much against United and Spurs, and we all knew that going into those games, and even Newcastle to an extent. But God, doesn't it put pressure 
on the teams, the games against the teams around us, if we don't manage to pick up the odd point, you know, we got a point against Liverpool, didn't we? And that kind of just kind of kept a little run going. And, you know, um, we do need to take the chances when they arise. And I felt we had two at Spurs that if one of those goes in, it's a different game. United game, we had a chance because we were in front. I mean, you know, and last night against Newcastle, we had a big chance in in the context of that match to get something out of it again. And we're just falling short of getting the odd point, which is all going to help. Um, that's, I think, the frustration is that we don't want all the pressure being on that we have to beat Leicester at home, you know, or have to beat Palace at home or, I don't know. I, I, I've obviously got a kind of some kind of stress disorder about last season and I don't want to... <laughs> I think we all have. Um, that's okay. Um, and if Paul doesn't answer, I'll pick up. But um, I think if yeah, I, I don't think I don't think anyone's suggesting we kind of rip up the copybook. And I mean, certainly no one's uh, as as you alluded to, Paul. No one's advocating a change of manager at all because what, what we clearly need is consistency. And yeah, there are there are some brighter spots from last night you know we recycled the ball a little better at times we played out better I thought and we did do what I assume was the kind of setup which was to keep them quiet for the sort of first half an hour or so the problem was as soon as we conceded um we we never looked like creating anything to to find a way back into the game and I think their goal as well was exactly what we should have been doing with Calvert-Lewin on the pitch, getting a ball in the box, um, looking for that knockdown um, and also having that bit of composure um, in the final third, which you see with a little layoff from um, Gamerez and obviously a, a good finish as well from a player in confidence at that end of the pitch, which I think um, we've spoken about this quite a few times already this season. We spoke about it last season. Um, we've got wide players who when confident and when on song, can do damage. Um, when they're not, they'll certainly not lack for effort or industry. Um, and I think McNeil has certainly added to that in terms of how he applies himself off the ball, winning it back, which he did when he came on. But in terms of real clinical end product, we, we've we taken a lot of goals out of the side of Richarlison and not necessarily replace him. Nor have we found a way of playing in that final third yet that does really create chances for um, Mopay when he's he's been playing recently and certainly Calvert-Lewin um, on Wednesday night who fed off scraps really, didn't he? Um, so hopefully in the way that we've spoken about how there's been this kind of um, strategy in recruitment in terms of getting the back solid, strengthening the midfield, Yes, we can't strengthen that forward line yet, but hopefully we can find a way of organising that front three um, for, I guess, if Iwobi's joining in so that we can actually create something because we, we've certainly got players who can do it on the day, but if they're nowhere near the penalty area, um, if we're not even... Yeah, I think it was it was one one set piece as well, maybe two set pieces as well uh, in terms of corners. We, 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 we really never look like troubling them and I, th- I think you said it as well Paul they, they didn't play that well Newcastle but we, we weren't bossed off the pitch uh, by any shape of it so hopefully against yes a bright and lively Palace side um, but one who I think we can get at who we've certainly scored, scored goals against recently um, I think um, 
there is an opportunity to maybe get some of that mojo back for the likes of Gray, for the likes of Gordon. Um, it's just, I guess, yeah, how how do we do that and how do we how do we find a way of clicking and, and how does that, as, as you said, Lyndon, how does that relate to the shape in the middle of the park? Because um, if it's a bit ragged in the middle, it's probably going to affect things further forward, you'd think. I think with the um, the games, though, them, them three games, though, it's like, I'd be more downbeat if we'd been like battered in these games. And that hasn't, well, okay, Spurs was pretty comprehensive in terms of Spurs with a better team. But, like, you know, until Pickett makes that mistake, you know, we look like digging in, you know, at the time. Man U, he's, okay, yeah, Man U with a better side. But, you know, we, we started poor. We came back in it. You know what I mean? We um we had a go. We've stayed in the games. Yeah, you know I mean, if, we, if we'd have come back for these these three games, like, having been, been hammered 3-0 on them all, did, did it feel like a sort of, you know, as, does it feel like it, like, like a Benny as sort of, like, run? Does it feel like a... That, Horrendous Martinez run or silver run. You know, I mean, it's, it, yeah, it's um, it's early, it's it's earlier days for Lampard, and well, actually not compared to Benitez, but it's um, it's yeah, it's early enough days to not be um, yeah, in, in Lampard's uh, re- re- regime, for want of a better word. Um, but I think if we didn't turn over in these matches like Hammered, like like we did at Spurs last season, there'd be real sort of cause for alarm. But that doesn't, I mean. We've just been beaten by better teams at the end of the day. I don't think by Newcastle so much, but the other two was beaten by a better team. And I'm both in t- and all in tight games. Okay, two 0 on the end for Spurs, a late goal as we're pushing forward. The other two, both by one goal. You know, what I mean, it's not like we've you know, it's not like we've been comprehensively beaten. So, and the other games that we played when we've done okay in um, against the teams that are probably you know bottom half, we've done quite well in them games. You know, what I mean, so you know, like against your Southamptons, your Brentford, your Leeds, etc. Even against Villa, we, we, we got nicked by the odd goal. You know what I mean? So, I, I, you know, we'll, I think we will be okay in these. And you, you're right, Andy. You don't want to put too much pressure on it. But I think we will be okay in these in, in these four games. And we'll pick up enough points. I mean, if we don't, then blind. We will, we'll, we'll be in the bottom three, no question, going into the World Cup. We'll point off the bottom three now. So, if we don't do okay in them games, without means to put pressure on them, then we we'll, might be a little bit of a cause for alarm. But I think we will be okay in, in the majority of their matches. Um, and then you're going into the World Cup. Uh, in four games time, even hey, let's get greedy and hope that we've we're in the next round of the cup as well. Yeah, you know? and uh, and um, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, and then we'll probably look at if if say we get what from them four games, let's even just say eight points. Yeah, I mean we're probably about thirteenth or something, a little cushion from relegation, twelfth place something like that. And it's like, okay, that's about where we expected. Yeah, you know I mean so um, let's not you know, let's not be alarmed. Let's we lost to some better teams than us at the end of the day, and we we got a squad which is still coming together. Which Lampard hasn't had the striker for most of the season. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he still hasn't got really got his best striker. Yeah, I mean, like it's it, yeah, there's so much, so much to work with in that squad. Yeah, I mean, it just need, it needs time and patience. I mean, it's, you know, I'm up, and at the moment when we're up against the better, the better teams, it's going to be a struggle. And I think we just have to sort of accept that. It's not nice to watch, but it's. Um, I mean, we need to score more goals. We need to create more chances. Absolutely, Frank knows that. You know what I mean? But um, I'm just urging keep the faith because I'm just seeing a lot of people getting. Frustrated, and that's normal when you lose defeat. When you when you lose games, I just don't want it to become a thing. That's what that's what I'm I'm just there uh, a little bit concerned about really. And I feel fine again. Therapy. So <laughs> 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 I think what you say is right. It while while the margins are so fine that it it'll only take a couple of tweaks, um, getting some of that confidence back, and you know it, it could change quite quickly. 
that's obviously the challenge that, that Lampard has now because, I mean, it wasn't that long ago where I think I, I was saying that they, they finally looked like we had a plan. We were starting to play through the lines really well. Um, and that just seems to have completely evaporated. Doesn't mean it can't be, we can't get it back. Um, and so the, the, the challenge is you've got two sort of very specific types of strikers who, who feed off, we food off, off off the supply lines into the box and into the penalty area, we, we, which we just are not doing right now. I mean, I I haven't seen our heat maps from the last few games, but I can't imagine it, it looks it's, it's it makes for good viewing um, in terms of the action areas in the opposition penalty areas because we just we spend hardly any time anywhere near it, and so it, it's all very well pitting everything on on Calvert Lewin coming back, but if you're not feeding him and the kind of service that he needs. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that he was the striker that, that didn't score goals. And it was because until Ancelotti came along, no one was had really found the solution to to putting into the areas where he could thrive and score, you know, score on a, on a regular basis. So we, we need to get that back. And as you said, Paul, the, the irony of the one of the few crosses that came in <laughs> into the boxes after he'd left the pitch and it was aimed at, you know, five foot eight Neil Morpé. I mean, it, it, it just, uh, it, it kind of puts things into perspective. So, yeah, this, it, what, what you want to see now is Lampard and the coaching staff taking a good hard look, in this, uh, look at this and finding ways of, of getting that ball consistently into the box. Um, you know, the, the big issue right now is obviously with um, Nathan Patterson not there. We just do not have... Uh, a fullback presence that, that that's driving down on the overlap, getting to the byline, um, causing problems in the opposition thir- uh, final third. Um, that I don't see that changing anytime soon. I mean, Vitali Mikolenko is clearly there because he's a he's better on the defensive side than Vinagra, um, but he, that comes at the cost of obviously at the other end where he's just not really offering anything going forward. Um, and Seamus Coleman, because of his advancing years, is not getting up and down the pitch as much uh, as not being asked to. So that's one of the key things I think that um, that we need to look at is we need to find some solution for this this midfield, um, which is, seems to have a lot of midfield pieces that aren't we don't really have a, have settled on a, on a final combination that's actually going to work. Um, you know, we we were talking about how how nice and balanced it is. It doesn't need to be working and getting us getting the ball forward effectively, um, and I I don't know what the solution to that is. Um, you know, there's been lots of calls for getting James Garner in there, but you know how who who do you drop? You know, and then there's Abdullah Dukore, who's you know when, on his day is is a very effective player as well. But where do you put him? Um, do you go for a diamond that then obviously sacrifices the width and asks more of your fullbacks to get forward? Um, or do you stick with the three and rotate rotate some in and out? I mean, I thought Adrissa Gay <clears throat> doing what he what we know he can do is, which is breaking the play up, was actually pretty effective at Newcastle. He obviously had that one that one moment where he, he had to um, rescue the situation by pulling the player back <laughs> and getting himself booked. But I thought he was actually pretty good. And and if he just sticks to that role, then I think it it, it can work. And that obviously frees up Anana and Iwobi to do the, the, the good stuff going forward. But uh, when we get to the final third, it just, it just seems like their minds go blank. They don't know what to do with the ball. And that's, uh, as I say, hopefully something that they're going to really work on on the training ground. What did you think of DCL? 
All right. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. I think it's well. I mean, as I say, he was. You noticed when he wasn't there. I think that literally, like once, uh, once Newcastle made a couple of good subs. To be fair, uh, that, that 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 helped Newcastle out a little bit and getting a bit more control back of the game. Uh, the lads who came on, but yeah, without that set up front um, way of holding the ball up and just as an outlet, I thought once he went off, it, it, it just we just didn't did went on the front foot again after that. We couldn't keep hold of the ball somehow after that. And like like Lyndon said, the Wobie came off at the same time, which is a, a little bit unusual. Because I thought I would be the pretty poor first half, but was coming into it in the second half, and then he got subbed, which I just found a bit uh, a bit odd. Um, yeah, I thought he did well. I'm, I'm, I've been encouraging all three of the games he's played, to be honest, off the bench. Uh, well, the two off the bench and the 60 minutes today, um, yesterday. I think he's uh, he's getting there. Um, probably just about fully fit by the time we get to the uh, the World Cup break. Wrong <laughs> <laughs> cue. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, pretty good. Yeah, yeah physically I mean, he looks good, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, in the same with, with the same regards as that, there was a ball put in the box just after he got taken off. I think as well, some of the balls we were trying to kind of thread through for him um, at various times before that would probably have suited Mope a little more in his kind of wiry running style, playing off the last man. Um, Whereas Calvert Lewin clearly sharpening up, but not not where he quite where he needs to be was he was caught offside a couple of times trying to play that way, um, which you'd expect. Um, but we know what a threat he offers um, in the air. Obviously, he didn't get to see enough of that in an attacking sense. Um, I thought he held the ball up really nicely, uh, put in a great strikers tackle to get booked after six minutes as well, uh, which was good fun. <laughs> but. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, we will will hopefully um, will hopefully learn from this game in an attacking sense that if he's on the pitch, play to his strengths. Um, we, we we said it so so often. I've mentioned it before as well in Andre Ancelotti when he's allowed to do the simple stuff, he's very 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 effective. Um, but without that service, he's he's just going to be someone who maybe is a nuisance and that's not what we need right now we need we need end product um so more more now less less nuisance is with is with general the general message from me uh, to, to everyone who's listening <laughs> <laughs> what about you mentioned though Lyndon, about um uh Vinagre. i don't understand mm. why we aren't making um you know, as you can use, you can you can make five subs now. Why we're not at times when we're making one sub with 20 minutes to go sticking him on? Because surely at some point, unless Frank's just watching him and training, thinking, I don't fancy him, actually. I mean, we've seen him do this before with Deli Ali, for example. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Actually, that's my only conclusion. Because why else wouldn't you be using him? Because, you know, we all like uh, Mikalenko, but we, we, all, we all, you know, take it. You know, take on the chin that his limitations of obviously going forward. It's uh, d- decent defensively, but um, doesn't get forward enough for, for starters. And his his passing is you know his nous in attacking areas just isn't quite there. His delivery of ball isn't great. You know, so it's just not it's not the um, not his strength. Whereas Vinagre, I think is is that that is his strength from what I understand of him. So I don't really understand why. As you can, as you, it, it's not like that sub has to be a gamble anymore. You know what I mean? Um, it, you can make it with. Other subs, so it doesn't have to be your only sub, if you know what I mean. So like, um, there's opportunities to put him on. So unless unless Frank just doesn't doesn't rate him or doesn't fancy him, I don't really understand why he hasn't been uh, 
hasn't got off the bench. And when he did get off the bench, I think against Chelsea in the in the opening game, I thought he had a good twenty minutes. I was even saying he should he should start instead of Mikalenko. Mm. I, I was saying so. Um, bit bit puzzled as to why he's not been involved. Unless he just doesn't trust him in a back four, because he's not really played since we moved to that system. Could be, but at the same time, I mean, if you if you're chasing the game and like you're, oh, yeah, you've got yeah, to throw, yeah. throw caution to the wind, yeah, you know I mean, then you're kind of sacrificing your your fullback anyway, really. He's just got to go up the pitch, so um, yeah, it's a bit just a bit puzzled by it. Mm. Um, yeah, I agree. And also, we were talking about the kind of service that DCL requires. I mean, how many goals did Dominic Carvalho score from Luca Dean's crosses? Mm. I mean, mm. he has to get the right kind of service. Um, and Benagra looks like somebody who obviously hasn't probably got the quality of Dean, but um, yeah, could do that. So I don't know. Maybe we'll see him. Maybe maybe in the next few games it might be a different kind of playing field, so to speak. Um, I felt I felt bad because I texted our group about Neil Mope when he came on, and it was one of those twi- one of those texts you look back at in the morning and think maybe that was a bit harsh. But I. <laughs> I um, <laughs> I I said I don't think he could have been an awful lot worse. What what I probably meant by that was a bit of what you said, is that when he came on the pitch, OK, I, I get that we had to get Calvert-Lewin out of there so he's he's ready for next week. Um, but chasing the game in the way we did, he was not the player to bring on. Um, in fact, you'd, you'd almost say, just shove Michael Keane up there or, or, or put them both on or something or... Was Rondon on the bench? No. I think so. Or was he not? No, oh, okay. okay. I don't think so, no. Well, I just thought, I, I just thought kind of the way we tried to chase it, if Carvert-Lewin's got to come off, that's fine. But the way we tried to chase it didn't suit Neil Mope at all. Um, and I thought within that, he was really struggled to get to the pace of it and was quite sloppy himself. But um, that, that, it's those kind of moments that you think, just take a chance on something a bit different. Maybe just... If you're going to chase the game by maybe going a bit more direct, can we not push Onana right up? Or can we, I mean, you know, with one nil down? Um, I don't know. It just it just felt like, I mean, there was a couple of times when we had the ball at centre-half. I've actually written a diagram on my pad here. We, 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 we had the ball at centre-half. The centre-halves exchanged three passes, then went back to Pickford, who hit it up the field. And without any kind of focal point, mm. well, that's not the way we chase that game, surely. Um I haven't got the answer. I've just got the question. I, I, but I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's it was that. That's just a bit of the frustration. I think through Mope came out at the end. And I'm thinking, well, you're not the guy for this situation. I don't think the way we're trying to chase it anyway. I was getting very frustrated at the end of the game. But uh, what we were doing was really sort of just we just couldn't get out of our half. It was very very annoying, and even like. The, you know, we had to put a lot of trust in, in James Garner all of a sudden, don't we? That's been, even though he's only played about two games, and he, and he, and he couldn't affect it. He, and no, nobody could, really. And then, then the referee started just giving Newcastle free kicks for literally nothing. I was like, I think that's what I did when like a slammed a desk and sort of shouted at the telly. It was just that the M and Tarkovsky was up there, one of the clean head of it. it was just for no reason a free kick I was just like oh it would be wouldn't it <laughs> so, I mean, just really lost the, really lost it for the bit <laughs> for the minute there like so uh, yeah I think I might have turned off then I mean, that, was, that was probably it so uh, yeah it's, it's a really 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 turgid last 20 minutes wasn't it when we should have been piling the pressure on yeah I mean and going hell for leather and we just 
went. That was that was puzzling. That was baffling. That well, I'm defending Lampard a lot. You know, there's there's a lot to pick up. There's a lot to work on. There's a lot he needs to improve on. Certainly, and no one no one's saying otherwise. I don't think. Um, you know, he's, he's, some of his decisions, um, some of his substitutions baffle me. Um, way behind him, well behind him. But yeah, I think this maybe you know, got to just at times be pragmatic and not pragmatic so throw cautions to the wind more and you're right just get it up there you know what i mean just just find a different way you know what i mean if you if you if you're struggling you don't just keep to that system the entire time and when, when things are going badly in the game and then last 20 minutes uh, yeah it, it, it's hard to defend isn't it i think the way we played in them last 20 because we should have been right on the front foot to go for to, to get something from it there i think we've been at our best when we've been intense and there just isn't, isn't mm. much intensity about us right now. And I think that's part of it. Like you say, you're chasing the game. You're only a, a goal down. Newcastle really didn't have much of a look in in that second half. It was really all up to us to try and force something. And as you say, there just, just wasn't much of a, of, an, of a real... We just didn't really have a real go at it. Um, and yeah, I agree that the, um, the referee was, was pretty poor. Uh, and, and on that note, to begin the, the Anthony Gordon conversation, that, that incident with the, with the penalty, I was thinking about this actually after, after the game. When you think about the, the Harry Kane incident at Tottenham, where you've got two instances where the player is, is knocked to the ground, but just in two different ways. There seems to be this, this, it seems to be the situation now where defenders are getting away with barging players over when they're in full flight, um, kind of masking it as a, as a kind of a shoulder barge or, or easing the ball out of play. And it just seems that for me, there isn't too much that's different about those two things. But one is a, one is a penalty, obviously, for you know, England's darling Harry Kane, which is a separate question. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it, Anthony Gordon's never going to get that penalty, but like at Anfield, I think it was at last season, there's definitely a case for saying that, you know, if, if you're pushing a player over and making contact with his foot in the process, that there's a case for a penalty. Sure. If Harry Kane does it, it's uh, clever, isn't it? Yeah. That's what <laughs> yeah. you say. Yeah. I mean, it's like, oh, he's been clever there. Anthony Gordon's ah, oh, there's not enough contact. That's like um, that's it. I, I was I was uh, I was really pissed off that he got that he got booked. Actually, there Anthony Gordon because he didn't get booked for the dive. I don't think uh, or, or no. the simulation, no, whatever you want to call it. He got like uh, three players around. He had the player grabbing by the throat. He was getting pushed by about two or three players at the same time, and all he did was stand up for himself. He did nothing wrong to get a yellow card there, Anthony. He just got. That was a referee going, I don't know what to do. I've got to book him because he's grabbing by the throat. I'm not going to send him off, but I'm going to grab him, book him. So, yeah, I've got to book the other guy as well. I thought it was a disgrace the yellow card he received there. So, he did nothing wrong, uh, wrong for that. And it feels like, I don't know, I don't want to cry blue murder, but it, it, it does feel a little bit like he's maybe a player that's been singled out a bit now. He's been booked six times now this season. I'm not saying most of them bookings haven't been justified. Some of the yeah, I've seen a few of them have been, you know, taking players out when they're, when they're going forward. He's probably got that reputation because of what happened at Anfield last season. Now, because of, because he got a yellow card for diving, but then later on in the game he got completely taken out and didn't get a penalty. I I do worry he's getting uh, got that reputation. It might be you probably never get that as a penalty. You know, what I mean, like when when a yeah. lot of other, other players would. You know, I feel like I'm the opposite. I feel like he it wasn't a penalty. I'd much prefer he tried to get to the ball, and actually we might get a shot out of it. Or something. I just feel it was just 
I could see him doing it. It went through and I thought, he's going to fall over. And yeah, he fell over. <laughs> I, it, it just, I've seen it so many times from him where I would prefer he tried to get the ball. Um, because more often than not, it's a kind of a lump of a centre-half or it's, it, it's, it's somebody that if he did get the ball on the byline, there might be a chance we could get a, a, an opportunity from it. I know what he's trying to do. He's trying to get a penalty and whatever else, but it's, it, it wasn't a penalty. Um, and it, I don't think it was ever going to be. I, I, he, just, he just seemed to look for it from the moment he went through. It, all that was on Anthony Gordon's mind, I'm sure, was I'm going to get just in front of him and go over. That was the only thing in his mind. Um, that's how it seemed anyway to me. And that's I got really annoyed with that because I thought, well, you've done that. How many times can we say? I mean, some of these might have been genuine, kind of maybe he, was, maybe he did get a touch, maybe he did get a bit of a bundle, but he did it at Liverpool. Um, he did it last, he did it you know, against Newcastle. I'm sure he's done it other times when actually what he's got in front of him is not a bad opportunity to get the ball in the opposition's box. And it just frustrates me. Um, I, I don't know, but it might just be me on that. And I, and I don't mind if it is, but I was more annoyed with him for not trying to get the ball. I mean, I'd say the answer somewhere in the middle in that I, I don't think he's necessarily dived and really invited the contact, I, like in the sense that he's, he's really, really looking for the pen. Um, and I, I think that's why he's not booked for simulation, because I think he is shepherded off the ball. I don't think it's a foul either. I don't think it was a penalty. Um, and I agree with you, Paul. I think the decision to book him seems daft and it was just a referee who, at, at times, he, he made a few strange decisions like that. Um, Joe Linton could quite easily have been sent off as well. Um, mm. Two very obvious yellow cards. Mm. Although, saying that, Gordon Med does plant his foot later on, um, which is, that, that's become more of a habit. The, the, the silly kind of rash tackles, I'd say, as opposed yeah. to maybe diving. Um, yeah. Which... Lampard alluded to in a press conference, I think he said, oh, we've spoken about it, but he did it again and on another day could have been sent off. That's a separate issue. I think I, I take your point in that when he's in those areas, were, were that same situation to arise, you would much rather he was shaping up as though he was going to either try and get the ball in the box or try and run with the ball, as opposed to what he does there, which is kind of... I, I see what you're saying. In that he's he's maybe not inviting the contact as the Harry Kane terminology went, but he's certainly not got that belief that maybe he can bring that ball down and do something productive with it, other than maybe get taken out. And if it's a penalty, great. And if it's not, he can stay on the floor like he did and not not really have to suffer the consequences. Um, it but- seems premeditated. It seems in his in his head that that's what he believes the best outcome of that scenario will be. Yeah. To me, I don't know. I'm not saying he's uh, diving all over the place. Yeah, I'm just saying that he he gets in that whether it's being coached into him or not. He's he's either been told to do it or he's naturally like, well, I'm kind of going in here. There's a defender on my back. If I can get in front of him, I'm going down. That's how it's, that's how it feels like to me. There's that he doesn't it doesn't feel like. Oh, I wonder if I can get that ball and get across him. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of agree, actually. Um, he's, I've seen, yeah, yeah, he has done that an awful lot. I mean, um, I think when I saw when 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 did see the VP, I was like, no, he's 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 tried to make the most of that. He's, you know, I mean, he's 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 kind of dived there, and I go, I don't really feel bad about calling players divers because I keep saying they all bloody do it. <laughs> every, every every last one of them. Yeah, I mean, all players 
all other players. It, 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 it's it's a real blight on the game. But let, mm. let, let's be honest. I mean, if it, I don't know, it, it, it's the Merseyside derby, and Mo Salah goes in, goes into the box, and goes down under Tarkovsky like that. We and, and the referee gives a penalty. We would be absolutely furious. I think we're, we're absolutely furious at that. But the, but the, 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 the stupid thing is, Andy is like that. These penalties are given to teams. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like Harry Kane yeah. got one very similar against us just just on yeah. on Saturday. You know what I mean? So, and it's, it's somebody really got they really got to sort this out in the game because it's just getting stupid and so inconsistent between what is and isn't a penalty. And I kind of don't play, don't blame players for trying it on now because they rarely get booked to it. There's, very, there's there's so little punishment for it, and a lot of the time you'll get it. You know what I mean, so it's um yeah. it's hard to blame players for doing it because. So many other teams do it, and 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 so many other teams get get something from it. So that's yeah. yeah no, that's point, my point, point taken. That's more or less what I was getting at. I was saying not necessarily that it is a penalty. It's just that there just seems to be two different uh, two different uh, soft penalty issues. One of which is seems to be more clear cut in the referees' mm. minds than others. And why is that? Um, in terms of Anthony Gordon, my, the problem that is that he does kind of throw himself to the ground theatrically. You know, he kind of kicks his foot out, and, and that's been called out many times by um, by commentators and, and pundits. Is that you know players go down? It makes it look like you are looking for it. The way I maybe I'd have to look at it again, but the way that I saw it was that he didn't really have a chance to do anything with the ball before he was kind of throw, you know barged off it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's just that lack of consistency again, isn't it? I think that's what that's where I was going with it. No point taken. Point taken. But you mentioned uh, Adam the the Jolinton, um challenge, and that that should have been a red card. That 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 was that that, that was definitely a second yellow. Um, which might have which might have affected us, <laughs> might have, might have maybe got us a, a shot or two in the second <laughs> half <laughs> against against ten men. Who knows? Don't get greedy. Uh... <laughs> might, might, might have done wonders for the stats at least, you know. <laughs> but, like, um, but did you know it's been over over two years since um, since a player has been sent off against Everton? Over two years since uh, behind closed doors in a I think a five two win against West Brom. Kevin Gibbs got himself sent off, uh, and wow. well, wow. Hammers Rodriguez scored a couple of goals, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, that, that's uh, September 2020. It was the last time a player got sent off against Devon. Now we can, and off the top of your head, you could you could pick out a few which definitely could have been red cards, should have been certainly red cards against Devon, and one at one at St James's Park last season, obviously with John Joe Shelby, and one against the opponents that were playing. Uh, on Saturday, and uh, Ayu in 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 the game, a very similar challenge. And you could say Virgil Van Dijk in the in the derby this season. There's, there's been, and probably pl- plenty more. You know what I mean? So um, that's an incredible start. Um, I find I'm gonna go all conspiracy theorists, but that's uh, <laughs> that's got to be very unusual to 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 go that long um, without um, a player being sent off against you. Wow. Yeah. It's about three prime ministers ago. Can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Be more than that, won't it? <laughs> I'm a monarch. Um, that, that that is balmy. I'd, I'd not even thought about that about dismissals. That's uh, yeah. yeah. It's the kind of stat that makes you think. Hang on a minute. There must be somebody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gosh, that's that's incredible. All right. So uh, Palace on Saturday. 
I mean, we kind of alluded to it already, but uh, in terms of changes, do you do you see Lampard making changes? And if so, any guesses as to what he might try? I don't know. I mean, I don't think he's going to change his, his system of the way he's playing an awful lot. I wonder if changes might be because of uh, fatigue and sort of, you know, three games in a week, freshening it up a little bit would be the, I don't, I, I see him sticking to this, to his principles. I see him sticking to a lot of that team as it is. The defense will probably be the same. Uh, keeps obviously the same. I probably think the midfield will probably be the same. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 could see, I could see it being the same team. I really could. Um, I'll see what poss- changes. Possibly Ghana for Ghana. If he wants, if he believes we might have a bit more of the ball, um, was one that I thought we might do. Um, if Calvert Lewin starts again, does he say if we've got more of the ball and we can get the ball into advanced areas a little bit easier than we have the last three games? Does McNeil all of a sudden come into his thinking in terms of delivery into the box? Um, I I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what his opinion would be on Gordon's performance. Um, Frank Lampard's opinion, I mean, on mm. Gordon's performance, or even Gray's performance the other night. I'm not sure whether one of them might be destined to have a little seat and sit next to him instead. Uh, I don't know. Um, but I don't know. It, dep- it depends what he wants to do, doesn't it? But it, the, those are two that I thought he might try. But I, I, can't, see him, I can't see him changing much else. I, I presume Dominic Carbert-Lewin will start again, which would be great. But uh, there's, not, there's not an awful lot he could try that would be keeping to the same shape, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you could you could argue that keeping, uh, should we call him original Garner? Uh, uh, <laughs> keeping him in the side against Palace because of the kind of players they've got going forward. Likes of Elise, obviously Zahar, who is, it looks in really good form, is annoyingly the kind of winger we'd probably want at the moment in that he's scoring goals and certainly shown a lot of end product. Um, would, would would that be a reason to maybe keep it a little pragmatic at first, at least? I I, I would like to see James Garner from the start at some point. Um, I, I get what you're saying, Paul, that he's maybe not someone to pin all our hopes on because I, I know what you mean. I got that same sort of buzz when he when he came on like oh this is someone who's going to make something happen and obviously he's one player with very little movement in front of him and he's he was dropping deeper and deeper to get anywhere near the ball so we, we can't really expect him to affect the game and he's obviously uh, he's still young but I would like to see him from the start at some point whether that'll be Saturday or not I'm not sure um, I think there's definitely an argument to bring McNeil in for someone if anything just to get a reaction out of one of those two players because I don't think either of them bar one half decent little run from Gray and a, a few bits of interplay that Gordon managed for uh, yeah as, as we've as we've already said there was so little in terms of chances created that maybe giving McNeil a go on that basis um and also to get to get the ball to Calvert-Lewin if he's if he's uh if he's starting um but yeah, I, I can't see anything too radical. I can't see us say, I don't know, going back to three at the back or or doing something completely different to what we've been doing over the last few weeks. Even though um, we are on the back of three straight defeats, which doesn't sound good, does it? But um, 
but 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 as we said, not 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 three really horrendous defeats. Just this last one was probably the the most irksome of them. He'd go on to play from the wing a little bit, maybe. I don't know. He's, a, he's I don't think he's particularly pacey, but he's got a heck of a delivery. I don't know if just if you, I don't want to not to try not to talk about sort of square pegs round holes. I just, I just don't see that midfield three getting disrupted somehow, mm. unless it's fatigue, unless there's a reason. I don't know. He's swapping out the cup, bringing the quality in for that energy. Um, I'm surprised he hasn't got on the pitch actually. These last couple of games, when I felt we've needed to sort of uh, push on, especially against Man United, I thought he would have been handy. And I'm a bit surprised he hasn't really. Uh, oh, hang on, was he was he not involved against United? I think he, he wasn't in the squad. Yeah, okay, maybe not that one. But yeah, it's pretty good. It's just a, seems like a really handy sub to bring on. Just brings a lot of energy. I'm not as big as fan of Corey, but I think he's um, games like that. He could just his presence can be can be pretty strong, you know. So I'm surprised he hasn't got on. Um, yeah, I don't know if Garner could play from the right, maybe or something like that. I don't know. He's, I just can't see that midfield three getting disrupted. I think they just need to keep on learning to play together because you know, I think we all all agree they've all got the qualities to be and uh, to, to to be a good midfield three. And I think Lampard sees that. Um, but unless he wants to sort of freshen up a little bit, would be the main thing. But he's either way. I mean, the priority has got to be finding a way to create more opportunities, doesn't it? You know. So and uh, I suppose Garner might. I don't know. Maybe he might smuggle his way into the team just to because uh, he's got that ability to pick a pass. So maybe maybe he'll be in there somehow. Yeah, I like him because he's he's forward looking. You know, he always mm-hmm. wants to try and get to get the ball moving forward, which is what I like about him. But yeah, it's 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 how do you break up that three? Um, yeah, I, I guess is the question. I'd like to see um, Carvet Luna and Malpe play at, at some point together, um, and that would obviously mean dropping one of the wingers. The, the thing with with the wingers is that most of the good things that we've done this season have involved Amari Gray. I mean, he's he's frustratingly inconsistent, but I mean, he's also he's, he can be incredibly skillful at times. I mean, if you look at the, uh, I think it was the, was it the. The second goal against Palace back in May, I think it was when he brought it in off 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 the wing, you know, sort of kind of danced the past two players. And he's got he's a really talented player. It's just you know that that frustrating uh, lack of lack of um, consistent end product. Um, but you know if you if you had to pick him or Gordon right now, I'd go for him and have Gordon on the bench. Um, mm. That's that's how I would go. But yeah, I would like to see. At some point, <clears throat> Calvert Lewin paired with with Mopay up front just to see how those two can can inter- interchange with each other and and you know I think it just have to try and get away from this lone striker problem that we have where they're just isolated up front feeding off scraps you know the ball's not the, the ball's not sticking up front just keeps coming back um, so you know I'll have to see I'll have to see what he does yeah well. Wolves are one of the poorest teams in the league, obviously, and they away at Palace the other day. They had ten shots, um, which is probably more than we've had across the last like <laughs> half dozen games. But uh, and I, I was, I was, yeah, um, I was watching as 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 we're on, on the podcast on Tuesday. There's that half an island match in the background, and they did have a lot of chances against Crystal Palace. And the point I'm getting to, quite obviously, is. Um, Palace concede a lot of chances. Generally, they, they, they concede a fair chunk of goals. So it's a yeah. If, if, if we're coming out with this one with just you know with very few shots on target or no shots on target again, then you'd really have to sort of start thinking about you know how do you really really affect this differently? Because uh, 
yeah, it's got to be an opportunity to create some to, to create opportunities, I suppose, against uh, against Crystal Palace. You think uh, if we're not testing their keeper a lot in this game, then um, yeah, questions will be asked for sure. Looking forward to it. I'm going to Goodison, so I'm really looking forward to being there. Hopefully, you'll be the lucky charm. Mm. Yeah, like a shot on target, or maybe two. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, we, uh, Paul and I did the the weekly question in quotes uh, on Tuesday, so uh, we thought we'd just uh, reminisce about the last time we played Crystal Palace back in May, which was uh, my last visit to Goodison, um, and obviously one of the uh, one of the most memorable. One of the most memorable experiences I've ever had, uh, just in, you know, forget about Everton, just in general. Uh, it was a fantastic night. Paul and I spent uh, spent most of it together. Ended up in the Denby Castle at the end, um, singing all singing all the songs with uh, with most of the Blue Room crew. It was uh, it was it was quite the night. I, I just um, you know I, I don't think we're going to end up back there this season. Uh, you know, back in that in that situation, I think we'll we'll have enough. Um, particularly if we can get some business done in, in January, um, I hope so because I wouldn't want that uh, that memory to be to be sullied by uh, by another another last ditch scrape against the against the drop. Big fines for pitch invasions these days as well. So <laughs> not sure we yeah, can afford it, true, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah it's. Uh... You know, reminisce was an incredible, incredible day. Uh, even um, not at half time, it was just you're so glum, and you couldn't. I, I think I would feel so much shades of ninety of Wimbledon '94 when you know the the, the, the was it uh, Palace's second goal was just it was just terrible, wasn't it? It was just there, uh, so many ball bobbling everywhere. Picked a piece of save, it bounces back, it goes everywhere. Then the coin could boot it off the line, but somehow it just goes. Did it go through his legs or something stupid? It's just it's just I don't know. It, 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 you could just see it happening in slow motion right in front of you, like, uh, and it was, yeah. oh, it was just, just awful. And, you, and it just and half time, I think that you, you really thought we're, we're going down. This is you know actually we're actually going down. So second half was just uh, yeah, just amazing. Um, yeah, it's hard to put into words. It was such a such a incredible day. That's the funniest thing. What last season wasn't it? It was just so um, so nerve wracking, but. Uh, one of them all, I suppose, one of the same, the most memorable, one of the most memorable, but almost one in a way, one of the most enjoyable seasons. The way it panned out, like so much going on each game. I didn't enjoy a lot of the games, but because it was so intense the whole way through, it was yeah. uh, a remarkable season. But yeah, it was a was it a Wednesday or a Thursday that night? And uh, Thursday, I, was, uh, Thursday, I was working the next day, thankfully from home, but out on out on Matthew Street till about four in the morning. So. Uh, <laughs> Wasn't my most productive day at home. It's one of the weirdest nights of my life, that, um, because I was actually um, in Cardiff at the Alan Partridge gig, (laughs) which which had been booked months in advance. We had a hotel, it was me and three lads, uh, none of whom were Everton fans, by the way. Um, And where the way because that was a squeezed in fixture from earlier in the season when it got cancelled was it or something like that um yeah. hence it being a thursday night and i had no real way of getting out of well i could have obviously but i i, I, I it was it felt it felt i had no way of getting out of this and so i, I was at an alan partridge gig and i love alan partridge 
Um, and the first half of the Alan Partridge gig kind of mirrored the first half of the timing of the Everton game. So I've promised myself that I would not look at my phone for the first 25 minutes um, of, of the gig because I wanted to enjoy the gig. Whatever was happening at Goodison, I thought, well, that's going to happen. I'll leave you guys to it. I've got, I've, got, I've got to try and enjoy this gig. And I looked at my phone twice in the first half of Alan Partridge and they'd scored both times. <laughs> so it was this really weird feeling at halftime. All my mates are laughing and joking at halftime. God, this is great. Really funny. Did you enjoy the bit when? And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm, I'm not enjoying this as a spectacle as much as I should be. And then just before the second half of Alan Partridge started, we scored with Michael Keane. And then, obviously, Richarlison, I looked at, I was looking at my phone pretty much every five minutes then, and then Richarlison scored. And then I remember the moment when it's, it popped up, it vibrated in my pocket and popped up and Carver-Lewin 3-2. And I just showed my phone down the, down the aisle to my mates, who obviously were all giving the thumbs up. And I retreated to the back of the Cardiff arena, behind a pillar next to the toilets, and just tried to take in what had happened. And... <laughs> And I was getting text messages and messages from all sorts. I was looking on Twitter and I could see kind of what was going on at Goodison because there was like a few videos being sent out and just so weird. And, and, and that night, I remember watching a rerun in a random pub in Cardiff because Sky had it on um, with three other mates that really weren't too bothered. Um, it was really <laughs> Um, yeah, so it was my. It was it was such a strange, strange evening, uh, but one I'll never forget. I remember just the just the emotion of almost kind of having a little cry to myself next to a pillar in, in a cartridge <laughs> gig. <laughs> Coincidentally, uh, a few a week or so before that, I had tickets to Alan Partridge in Liverpool, and the, uh, the Watford game away got moved to the same night that it was, it was on. So. I gave my tickets to him, mate. I thought, it's you know, if we win this, we're up. If we win, we'll, we'll get what for the what for have lost every game at home for the last ten. We're going to win this. We're going to this. The other, I can't miss it. Oh, and it was the, the most dire. If anyone had the displeasure of seeing that, it was the most dire, terrible, goalless draw you'll ever, pitiful goalless draw you, you'll ever see. <laughs> so I remember being so frustrated that by not going to Alan Partridge, I'd missed literally like the the, the game. I wouldn't have missed a single thing literally because nothing bloody happened. There was I was, I was really angry. <laughs> I missed Alan Partridge for that. <laughs> yeah, I think we got it the wrong way around. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Right? <laughs> I, I also went to see Alan Partridge, but it was <laughs> it was uh, it was uh, it was before then. But um, yeah, that's I, I I was also sort of hermetically sealed away from it. I I was working late that night. So I ended up just watching it on my own. Um, so out of all of these stories, it's a shame we've ended on mine because it's clearly the most boring. Because it's just one man crying on his own, uh, <laughs> uh, which, um, you know, is, is another way of watching Alan Partridge as well, I guess, uh, if you're at home on TV. But um, it was, yeah, it was, it, was, it was just bonkers, wasn't it? I mean, if we can... <laughs> if, if we have three shots on target on Saturday, uh, I'll be happy. Um, but yeah, what it still doesn't feel real. It's still, I, I've, I've spoken about this with other sort of Everton memories, uh, you know, from the past, you know, setting goals and stuff. But it, it's, it's one of those that you will still watch every time it comes on a sort of highlights reel or it gets yeah. mentioned as a memory and you will still not fully believe it. You will still 
see that moment you spoke about, Paul, with the second goal as, as well. Obviously, it was Andre Ayew just after he should have been oh, yeah. sent off. <laughs> and you just thought, oh, the script writer's a cop-eye. And it's just all, it's all <laughs> gone to pot and it's all just unravelling. Um, and we've got to go to the Emirates on the last day of the season. It's it's written in the stars. We're gonna we're gonna go down. So yeah, we all know the story from there on. You know whether you were there. God, I wish I was. Whether I was in <laughs> in Cardiff <laughs> sounds great. Would have loved to have been there. Uh, <laughs> um, I'd, I'd have been equally invested in both things. Um, but yeah, what 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 a night and and still one just to really suck up and take something from and hopefully hopefully the players will maybe remember a bit of that in, in, in terms of the game on Saturday and, and and think about how that kind of response to adversity, you know, we could we can maybe even though these last three games haven't been that terrible, take something from that game last season and just just, just create some chances and go forward and have a go and give 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 those fans something to cheer about. Just very briefly, it's really weird being in that scenario as an Evertonian with people who aren't because mm. I remember being as you all were at half time in both Alan Partridge and Everton feeling <laughs> really glum but someone piped up probably my United fan mate who was with me and said well you know get the first goal in the second half I think you'll probably still do that and I was thinking what makes you what suggests you, <laughs> you know that's going to happen what, yeah. what, what goes through your mind in these these I mean this, what, what football fan thinks that they're going to get the first goal in the second half and it's all going to be okay probably a casual Manchester United fan when <laughs> 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 the goal goes in and they all said one two three you'll win that now and I was thinking well, why 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 you won't um it was really interesting to see how the clubs of you know fans <laughs> of other clubs view the game of football and how it can change um, but yeah, you, you say that though. But actually, in the stadium, once we got the second one, it did just feel like the momentum. Like it just yeah. felt, you know, yeah. you, you know, you, you, as as the <laughs> the Evertonian pessimism, you always you know fear that we wouldn't do it. But yeah, there was a, a definite feeling that the the tide was in our favour. Somebody be wise to like it'd be, be be worth giving Dominic Cavill a bit of homework actually before the game and say just watch your performance in that game. Uh, he was incredible. I'm not saying he's been bad in a few games coming back from injury, just to jam up a little bit. You know what I mean? Because what I headed for the goal, that tackle on there. Klein, is it the fullback? Um, used to play for Liverpool, I think. Yeah. Nathan, Nathan Klein. Anyway, yeah, like we sort of like got everyone going a bit as well. Which was just towed the line a little bit between you know on the border, maybe being the card, but um, just his aggression that game. Yeah, just if we can get anything like that performance from him, then uh, then we'll be, be being safe hands on Saturday, I'm sure. Yeah, we just need some of that intensity. Mm, yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well. That will do us for now. Tune in again next week when we will go over that Palace game and look ahead to Everton's trip to Fulham the week after next and a reunion with uh, Marco Silva. So until then, Blues, uh, thanks again for listening. Up the Toffees. Philip Mateta is off towards the penalty area and puts one in. It's away by Everton, only as far as Zahar and put in, is it? It is. Oh no, Jordan Ayew. Everton are two down. It's an 
deep towards Holgate. Keane, yes! Michael Keane for Everton! Delhi put in dangerously Richarlison, it's in! Richarlison squeezed it home! Well level! 2-2! Can Everton completely impossible? Raise ball in! You have the answer! Look at these scenes! They've done it! Simply heart-stopping stuff at Goodison Park. What a night. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.